welcome to the Spirit of West Texas podcast, where we are having real conversations with people who live and work in West Texas. Our guests this season will talk about their big dreams. They'll share about their challenges and successes that they've had along their journey. Listen in and we hope you'll learn something and maybe even have some fun with us along the way. Hello, Amy. Good morning, Jared. How it's are you? It's almost afternoon. It's at this close, point. Yeah. yeah. It is. I'm so excited to be back in the studio with you for season three of the Spirit of West and Texas boy, podcast. do we have a doozy today. We do. Huh? We do. We have such a treat for our listeners. Um, Jared, we've had a ton of great guests on the Spirit of West Texas podcast, but these two are about as big as it can get in West Texas. I'm telling you. I am honored to introduce Texas Tech head football coach Joey McGuire and his better half, honestly, his lovely wife, Debbie. Now, I went to tech, so I assume that everyone listening to this episode is a Red Raider fan, but the few of you out there who are not, Coach McGuire was named the 17th head coach of the Red Raiders on November 9th, 2021, and Red Raider Nation has not been the same since. Coach McGuire, Debbie, and his team led the Texas Tech Red Raiders to a win over Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl this past December. Yeah. Woo-hoo! That's where you come in back there. He um, also led the Red Raiders to defeat the Texas Longhorns here in Lubbock for the first time since 2008, and I was lucky enough to be there for both. My son got to run on the field oh, this wow. last time. That's a big deal. Um, that was a big deal for him, but we don't want to talk about all that. Nah. Everybody already knows all that, so we're going to talk to Joey and Debbie about their incredible partnership, how they are working together to build a strong culture inside and outside of the locker room for their players, what they do when they're not supporting our Texas Tech Red Raiders on the sidelines at a football, basketball, volleyball, you name it event and finally why they love living in west texas jared our listeners are in for a treat today coach joey and debbie may not be native lubbockites but they truly embody all that is the spirit of west texas i'm telling you i i can't even express how ready i am to get into this one are you ready to get in let's go all right here we go Welcome to the podcast studio, Debbie and Coach Joey McGuire. Hey guys, how are y'all? Thanks for having us. Yes, we're so happy to have you here. So you've been in Lubbock for just over a year, and now you have experienced all four seasons of weather in the past two weeks officially. But in all seriousness, this podcast is about promoting what we like to call the spirit of West Texas. So what is it that you found that you love the most about living in Lubbock in West Texas? You know what I'm going to say. I know. I'm going to say. I, I love say. the weather. I, I really do. <laughs> it, I, I was, I'm telling y'all, y'all, y'all can laugh all day long, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm, this is the reason we practice in the mornings. Um, tell me a better August, September, October, November morning anywhere than Lubbock, Texas. Uh, you know, one of our uh, ops guys, Harry, uh, Harry, I always call him Harry Harrison. Hannah got married in July in Houston. And, uh, we had spent all June in Lubbock camps out all in the sun all day long. And I get on the plane and, and fly to Houston. I get off the plane, walk out of the airport. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, the humidity hit me. And I'm like, get me back to Lubbock, Texas. And that, that's what I really do. I mean, people always laugh. Um, but it is, it's my favorite thing. I, I love the mornings and I love the evenings sitting on the back porch and the weather's absolutely incredible. I think we got, we, we're fooling a lot of people and let's, let's keep it that way to keep the right keep people out. in West yeah. Texas. I, I believe it or not, I set him up perfectly for that answer and didn't even know it. I didn't even plan that. <laughs> so you've lived here, um, over a year, but you've been coming to Lubbock for a while. 
Um, so your daughter, Reagan, graduated from tech a few years ago. Debbie, as a parent, what did you think of tech when she was in school here? I, I loved it. I mean, we, we I think our first thing that I came to was a sorority event. Um, so we didn't go to a game. We didn't see that much that weekend. But the campus, we went around the campus and it was huge. I remember thinking, how do you walk from here all the way to, you know, I think, what was the name of her dorm she was in? Chitwood. Yeah. So she was all the way from there to the stadium. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is quite you don't gain the freshman 13. But uh, I feel like I still did. (laughs) Found a way. Maybe I took the bus. I don't know. Well, I started off at Stephen F. Austin. So it was a small campus. I normally I really did gain it then. But um, I just loved it. I loved I mean, even then I saw all the passion that this city has for the university. And so it's super fun. And then our first game we went to, I remember it, it was parent weekend. And I want to say it was midway through the season and we went to um, TCU. It was so much fun. I mean, I remember when they did the Raider power, I was just flipping out. It was electric. Yes. So I read, Joey, that you actually would have attended Texas Tech for your undergraduate degree had you not met your precious wife, Debbie, here. So tell us about that. That's true. Uh, my best friend um, played for Spike Dykes, Roger Corn. He was a, a walk-on, ended up earning a scholarship. He played tight end. And I'm getting ready to come out here. It's a fall semester, and I'm getting ready to come out in the spring. Uh, he had a house. I was already ready to move in. And I called him, and I said, hey, Rog, I love you, man, but uh, I met the girl I'm going to marry, and so I'm going to stay in Arlington at UTA. And and I'll see you whenever I see you. And, you know, we came out and visited. He he had met his wife out here. They were actually, um, we had all gone to high school together, but they they didn't date in high school. And so he kind of understood, you know, that uh, he, had, he had met the person he was going to marry. And and so uh, loved him, loved tech, uh, but she kind of overruled. But luckily we both got here uh, at the right time and, and uh, are here to stay. Well, we're thankful you are. So you went... From Friday Night Lights in high school football to a head collegiate coach under the Saturday Night Lights at the Jones. So take us back to Saturday, September 3rd at 7 p.m. at Jones AT&T Stadium. That's your first game here with your team. Tell us about those first moments running out of the tunnel and onto the field. It was pretty incredible. I mean, there's very few entrances uh, in college football better or even equal to um, whenever uh, the horse runs, the you know, the mass yes. rider. Um, you know, just hearing uh, the band crank up, uh, it, it was pretty incredible. You know, I, I uh, kind of stand right at the f- start uh, when our team comes out, but I don't run out with the team. I kind of let Coach uh, Antonio Huffman do that, so I kind of duck out of the way, but I'm standing there, and, you know, you could just – as soon as it was time for the horse to run, um, the hairs on my arms just stood up. And, and uh, you know, friends that come in, I always tell them, they'll usually sit with Debbie, um, you know, in, in, in the suite. But I always tell them, make sure you're on the field whenever we come out, because it's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. I've been able to do it twice over the last few years, and there is just nothing like it. No. It is. And I'm a, I am a Red Raider. It is. Um, and my husband would say the same thing. There's just nothing cooler. No, it's not. It's amazing. It's not. Those players will high five my son. I mean, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. How was it for you, Debbie, that first game? That first game, well, I was so nervous. Joey didn't yeah. tell me. Actually, he said, be down on the field when we come out. And I, I couldn't do it. I, <laughs> actually, it was kind of a long way up for to my suite. And so I was like, I don't want to miss anything. Um, but nervous. And we had had a surprise bridal 
uh, luncheon because it was an evening game. We had a surprise bridal luncheon for my daughter. And um, so we had every family member possible. I mean, that suite is, holds like 42 people, and we had it jam-packed with 42 people. And it was just, it was fun. I mean, I got to breathe pretty early on in the game because we, yes, we won by a, a large a margin. Yeah. <laughs> so you both have collaboratively so much to be proud of over the span of your career. Um, but I would say, arguably, that some of your greatest coaching has been off the field and under your own roof. So I read this quote from a recent article um, from a newspaper in Nebraska, and it says, I'm just always trying to get his evaluation of me. Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right things? That's what's so cool about me is I'm the son of a coach. So I spent 18 years with the best coach I know. We were under the same roof. So your son, Garrett, is the youngest full-time coach in Power 5 football at 24 years old. He's in charge of the wide receivers under the direction of Nebraska Cornhuskers head coach Mike Rule. I'm getting to a point here, guys. What does that mean for you both to have a son that's having success at such a young age and yet so humble and so thankful for his upbringing? It means everything to me. I mean, I think it's the neatest thing that he was hired on. He was Previous to that, he was at Charlotte uh, coaching with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, he is young, and I've never in my life wanted my kid to— he was 23 when he got the job, and he was just getting all kind of slack about being so young and being a wide receiver coach. I couldn't, I've never wanted my kids to turn a year older, <laughs> just in the number as I was then, because when he hit 24, it just seemed so much, you know, or older. And um, He can almost rent a car. <laughs> almost, we're almost there. We've we got a we got a couple of little uh, sideways of how that could go, right? Yeah, there's a, a company that that will let him one do company. it. Yeah, one company. <laughs> yeah, because anything else, if he doesn't go through that, he can't rent a car. It's, it's really good stories of him not being able to rent a car. He was he actually whenever Baker Mayfield went to the Carolina Panthers, Garrett flew to Austin. He was in Lubbock with us. We were actually when he found the news that he was going to be a, a Carolina Panther. We were in Riadosa, and he and I were sitting on a golf course, and he goes, oh, my gosh, he's going to be a Panther. But he flew to Austin to meet with uh, Baker to um, talk about the offense. You know, um, he is, as far as whenever it comes to football and understanding the game of football, he is well beyond his years. He's, I, I literally tell everybody whenever they talk about his age, I said, whatever money you want to bet, I can put you on the board with him, and he'll, he'll destroy you. Uh, he's got like a photographic memory, and, you know, he's just eat up with it. And, you know, and, and it's really a, uh, a testament to Matt Rule and the coach he is, but also the coaches that he were ra he was raised by, you know, not just me, but, you know, the people at Cedar Hill and the, the guys at Baylor. Um, you know, he kind of knew what he wanted to do, um, all, you know, right off the bat. And so he soaked it all in. What the, That statement, though, whenever you read it, the one thing that uh, – you know, when people can sometimes take it wrong, whenever you're talking about like from, for my approval, that's a great thing. Like Debbie, I tell you, he's my best friend. And so it's not a bad approval. You know, it's, he is a, he, he always wants my, a, like evaluation of like, whenever he did his first press conference, he was like, how could, how'd I do, but how could I get better? Not like, how did I do in me, you know, say good or bad and then make him feel good or bad. It's more like this evaluation that he wants to hear to get better. My favorite thing about his first press conference was really cool is one of the 
reporters in Nebraska said, if you want to know uh, that a young man was raised in the state of Texas, listen to this interview, uh, because he said, yes, sir, so many times that they actually they made, made this little, little yeah. deal. It was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But that's how he was raised, you know, and um, and and so I'm really proud of that. So. He seems very humble, and it appears that he's almost opening the door for other young. We talked about his age, um, young people to kind of make their way into collegiate coaching. So that's that's pretty incredible, and I know you're yeah. both so proud. So when you talk on the phone at night, because I read that you talk on the phone every night, um, that's what he's looking for is your, your coaching of him and, and helping him and improving you know his, his abilities. How do you teach your kid to be like that? Where does yeah, that come right. from? My kids are good kids because of their daddy. <laughs> no, they, they, we he, were, he was, Joey was the we were a really, we were a really, I mean, there was a balance, you know, there was, a, there was a, a, a true, um, balance. I mean, we both have great parents. I mean, phenomenal parents. And, um, so there's a balance, you know, uh, we both were always, when I couldn't be there, Debbie was at everything. We found some really good people to coach uh, Garrett and Reagan that we trusted, and they were almost like their other dads, uh, the Brads, the two Brads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and when I could be there, uh, you know, I was like an assistant coach, and and so whenever I could be there, I'd sit on the bench and be the hype guy because I m- maybe sometimes couldn't go to practice or stuff like that because of my schedule. But he's talking more little league types. Yeah, sports. little yeah. league. Like, there, but there was such a balance of like. Um, you know, uh, Debbie was going to be the person that, you know, no matter what, was going to love on them and have their back. But I was one of those guys, wait till your dad gets home because <laughs> she she was uh, she let me handle that part. But it was good. You know, they knew the they knew exactly. We backed each other up whenever it came to that. Yeah. Well, I think in a, a culture today where everything is telling our kids and I have two kids, I have a 14 year old and a 12 year old. And I feel like everything is telling them me, me, me focus on me. Look what I can do. It's impressive to see a young um, a young person that's saying, hey, dad, how can I improve? What right. can I do uh-huh. to be better? Not look at what I've done. So, Debbie, you said that you've made the decision early on to be present, mm-hmm. um, to be present with yep. your kids, to be present in the career, um, in Joey's career. What did that look like for you to be present and be there for your family as a wife and mother and as a partner to Joey? Well, in, in high school, we showed up at everything. I never was one of those that said, get a babysitter, whether it was cold, rainy. They were in that terrible stage where they didn't want to sit there. They didn't want to do that. It's a, it, High school games can go three-plus hours. And I just said, this, this is what we do. And I just knew eventually they would get it. They would learn, <clears throat> this is how you act at a football game. But we're staying. And, I mean, like when Joey was talking about Garrett has such a great football mind, he grew up under, literally, he would take naps under his dad's desk. If he wasn't in school, he wanted to be up there with them, um, which enjoys like that now. He wants all the, the our coaches' kids to be around, and so everybody can see we are a family. So I just brought him to everything. I mean, we'd go to JV games, we'd go to middle school games, we'd go to high, I mean, any chance to for them to see their dad, we were there. So do you help the wives and mothers? I'm sure there are some young wives and mothers on your staff right now. Do you help them? And- coach them along? Absolutely. That's, that is one of my biggest things about being a coach's wife is I want to be really good to them. They have, they're doing this at the college level with very tiny children and your husbands are gone most of the time during the off season. There's one month of July that Joey pretty much gives everybody off and they have that time together, but I want to help them. I mean, I want them to know I see you. I did this at the high school level when we were high school coaches and, um, 
And it's just, it's difficult. And so I try to help them. I plan a lot of a wives events every once a month and I try to get childcare available for them so that they can come. They can't say that, you know, I can't get a babysitter or I, you know, I can afford a babysitter or whatever it is. I, I always try to supply a babysitter, whether it's at my house or that we do it at the school. Ice cream tonight, right? Yes, but that's Ainsley's doing that. That's but a, she still a invites. Yes, invite but yes. I mean, I've set kind of a precedent that if there's something like that, our, our neighborhood is doing a little ice cream social thing tonight. And they, they know, you know, invite the coaches' wives. If you're going to invite me, please invite them as well because they love that and I love them. I mean, I see them. I want to help them. I want them to know I understand that it is very difficult what they do at this college level. So you and I visited a few days ago, and one of the things you said really stood out to me. You said that you were so grateful to be here in Lubbock and at this university. With these players, with these coaches, with these fans, you were just so happy to be here. And so you said because of that, when asked to do anything right now, it's always going to be a yes. Yes. For now, it's a yes. yes. What does that mean? We just, we're grateful. We're thankful to be here. And um, we don't, I, we don't ever take it for granted. We won't ever take it for granted that we're here. And I hope we're here for a long, long time, forever. As Joey said, he's going to die here. <laughs> so I hope Many years, here. not soon. I've been working out. Got my Peloton in today. <laughs> so it's just, we just love it here. You know, um, every decision we ever make, it's, it's together. Whether, you know, it's to stay at a job or to leave a job. And we, we discuss it. I mean, I, t- I was the one that said, take the Baylor job. You love Coach Roll. You know, you love what it stand in, that he stands for. But I didn't think Joey would leave high school. We had a great high school job. He, he, he took it to a program that had never won anything to just be in a powerhouse. And we were expected to go deep into the playoffs. And um, so I, he, he debated on whether he was going to do that. We, he has lots of coaches that stick around. We had, how long had somebody, some of them been on there, 17 years? Yeah, most of the coaches that I had, if they didn't get a head a coaching job, they were with me. Yeah, they were happy. So one of Joey's biggest concerns was them being taken care of, and I remember him coming home and saying, "It's either now or never." You've you've turned down so many other opportunities to go to college. He wanted to coach Garrett and Reagan, and so um, I said, "I I I think it's time. I think we ought to do this." And look where it got us. You know, in five short years, we get here, and it is literally for me, it's a dream dream job. I mean. The people are so nice, and I'm such a people person. It's just, it's been wonderful. So one of our founding principles is community. Our founder, Ray and Bain, prioritized community service, and he and his wife, Barbara, modeled servant leadership in the bank for their employees and at home for their children. And I feel like you both have jumped right in um, and gotten involved in the community and thrown your support behind different organizations. Um, you clearly value community. What? Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, that's, if you're going to get us, we're, we're all in. We're not going to halfway do anything. We are all in. You know, we, we our big deal, um, and I think we said it during the press conference, but we don't want to live somewhere and not be a part of the community. Like, I don't, I hate to even talk about losing or having a losing season. I haven't been a part of that as a head coach, and so that's not my plan. But if something ever does go wrong, I don't want to be in a place to where I'm not going to sit in my house. I'm still going to go eat, and I'm still going to be uh, present in the community and, and be a part of it. And that's what we decided to do. That's who we 
are and we love like a couple weeks ago we went basketball uh, from basketball we went to track from track we got the second half or the last few innings of a baseball game and then stayed for the you know double header and you know that's we enjoy that you know we're we're we love sports and um you know we're we want to make sure that they you know everybody sees us because we want to back our university and and then we love the community so when you happen to find yourself with a night off, what are you doing? Are y'all normal and binge watching Netflix yes. like the rest of us are? Tell them what we did yeah, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, literally one of my, uh, uh, Coach Perry, uh, my special teams coordinator, and he's my best friend. He was like, hey, let's go eat lunch here or brunch or whatever. And I was like, no, Kenny, our goal is to not get out of our pajamas and binge watch uh, season three of Outer Banks. And oh so my gosh, my we really and did. I are watching it right now. So literally we did. We, we, uh, we, we got all 10 episodes and we never and in fact at one we point we were like uh, yeah we haven't been able to and so it, it was good the uh you know season one it's it really is like you're establishing everything so it's non-stop it's still non-stop and we both say yes to everything but sunday was one of those days that we didn't have anything and uh we needed you know to to sit down. She does a bunch of different stuff while she's watching it. And, you know, she'll do a bunch of different paperwork and work. And then, uh, but it was fun to sit there and not, not do a thing. It was good. So are Sarah and John B going to end up together? Cause I'm, so I'm just hey, over We're not it. telling you. Yeah. What, are you in season one? No, we, okay. My, I've told you I have a 14 year old son and yeah. he, I mean, got up at like five in the morning to watch season three yeah. when it came out. And so I'm like, what is, like, what is the fuss about? So we started season one and I was like, okay, well, it's not that oh, bad. Yeah. yeah. And then eventually we found ourselves watching season two. And so we started season three over the weekend and we're about halfway through season yeah. three. We're It's good. Yeah. And we'll have a season four. I'm not, not going to tell you about it. Well, I'm not going to lie. When we, we got a few episodes into it and I was like, I can't believe we've let Brady watch this. Like, yeah. are we oh, bad parents? Oh, I know, no. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a couple of moments in there that, yes. yeah. Okay, but we're not here to talk about it at our banks. So we're going to play How Well Do You Know Your Spouse? Oh, oh Lord. yes. Oh. Lightning round. I feel like Debbie's going to just she kill is. it. She is. I'm She's going to run away with it. Um, and there's no prize. It's just bragging rights. So I'm going to ask you. You are talking to the most competitive person Excellent. in the I world. I love it. I love it. Like, yeah, I, I don't like closing. I'm, I'm telling you, I always tell everybody, y'all think that you're going to get, uh, like talk about us not winning and you're going to put pressure on me. When I walk in the door, if we don't win, realize she is, she's going to be all over it. What did you do? Why did you do this? Why? So, you know, she is very competitive. Okay. Let's, let's get, let's do it then Debbie. Let's see you take the home, the bragging rights here for our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you a question and you have to answer honestly and on behalf of your spouse. So okay. what you think? Okay. All right, here we go. Where was your first date? A sorority and fraternity event. Like you want to say that's your official first date or like, is that what you're going with? I'm going with that. What are you going to final say? Final answer? <laughs> is that your final answer? It is my final answer. I think it was called, I think it was Club Zero or whatever but that's it was. A, that's the sorority fraternity event I'm talking okay, about. Okay, I don't think so. I think it I'm winning that one. We I'm sat in the parking lot. We talked for till like two in the morning. Yeah. Okay, peanut gallery. Who won that one? I'm going to give it to her, too. Debbie. I think she did, too. Okay, Debbie. See, okay, they just fine. know I need the attention. <laughs> no. Okay, here we go. What does your spouse say is your best quality? You have to write it down. Mine? So we know you're I not write it down? Yeah. Oh. What, do you, what would she say is your best quality? Like, what is it like, uh, God, like feature, like physical feature? It could or be like that. Anything, yeah. Uh, this is my physical <laughs> feature. She'd say my eyes. Yeah. 100%. 
she's going to say eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. What about you? What do you, what, what do you think? That he's going to say about me? Yes. Um, my personality. Interviewing skills? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there is no doubt. 100%. I told y'all Amy thinks I suck too. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. What, what would he say? My, I mean, so uh, are we going with the physical feature? Well, okay, let's do that. Yeah. I think he'd say my smile. Yeah, me yeah, too. I would no too. Doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. So what does your spouse say is your most annoying habit? Uh-oh. 100%. He doesn't need to write it down. Is uh, phone, Twitter, texting, which I know <laughs> I know that's part of, of, of his job. But I always tell her if I'm not right. talking to him, somebody is talking to him. So it's all recruiting. That usually do, that saying right there that he says usually does work with me. I, mean, I do want to get the best I mean, players. I mean, at the end of the day, recruiting, you know, if you're not yeah. recruiting him, somebody is. And so you've got to stay on top of it. And that's the one thing in, in college sports. It's the biggest difference. Whenever I talk to coaches about moving from high school to college, is it recruiting is 365. <clears throat> I love it, but it really is. It's 365. That is her biggest I hear that a lot. Not as much anymore, but whenever we first got in this, um, she would be like, oh well, my gosh, I, could you put your phone down? Remember the little poll that came out, like who's the most, the coach that's most interacted on social media? And Joey, what did you get the, the first time? I think you're like one probably now. He was like, <laughs> he was like seven or eight. And I thought, oh no, 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 you need to up that. Yeah. <laughs> So she I, is now, now well, I'm going to tell you, now this has been recorded. So I'm going to free. I need this, like, that snippet. And every time she says it, I'll just play it. Like you said it. That's great. What do you, what, what would you think she would say? On her. Um, Did I get off? I think no, I you didn't. Off. Annoying habit? No, you're yes. Fine. You're fine. Like her annoying habit? Yes. She doesn't have one. She's no, a princess. Good answer. Good answer. Good oh answer. my gosh. No. Say what you think. <laughs> Your annoying habit? Uh-huh. Well, she's always busy being busy. I, that so, is, like, I almost heard it down. <laughs> she <laughs> really, like, she'll be like, I'm so busy. And I'm like, you just rearranged your closet for the fifth time. Like, how I many times do you do need to do that? <laughs> it really, like, it's so funny. And that's always, like, she is uh, extremely organized in, in a good way, not in a bad way. Not like, uh, what was that one movie? Um, to where the cans. Oh, um, is it uh, sleeping with the enemy? Yeah, something like that. She's not like that person, you know, to where oh, OCD. Oh, face the same. Oh, yeah. Same. But she is extremely organized. And I'm like, you just organized that. Like, it looks great. <laughs> so it's busy yeah, being busy. Yeah, you told somebody, Debbie organized her organized closet. Yes, like, yes. <laughs> sure. And then my organization is totally opposite. But he says, you're just busy to be busy. Yep. That's what he says. That's yeah. great. So what is your spouse's guilty pleasure? That's a hard one. Well, anything food-wise. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't even know what mine would be. I don't know. I don't know either. That's a good question. I mean, I don't want to say food for you. No, it's usually a sweet. I mean, we, we both have gotten Outer Banks. Outer Banks. We have gotten Tum Tums since we've been in Lubbock. Yeah. <laughs> both of us. Yeah, I've gained about 13 pounds. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't. Food's incredible here. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. Pass. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, you came from the Metroplex. What would your spouse say is the best part about living in West Texas? Joey's still going to, I mean, he's going to say the weather. He he always does. Um, but I think the people, I mean, that's 
what I'm going to say. That's what she would say. I was going to say, if she, if you ask me, she's going to say the people, you 100%. know, she has met some just absolutely incredible people. And there's a, uh, Ainsley Nelson, um, who lives in our neighborhood may be the nicest person I've ever been around in my life. And they have connected and, uh, it's really cool. The friendship that they've developed. Uh, but <clears throat> that's really everybody that we come in contact in West Texas, you know, it's, I love the, just the name of this podcast, the spirit of West Texas, because there is a spirit, like there is a, a chip on her shoulder. There's a pride, but there's also this kindness to help uh, your neighbor out. That's mm-hmm. a little bit different than uh, anywhere else. So the spirit of West Texas, our, that's our, our, um, tagline, the spirit of West Texas. And that came from a quote from Mark's dad, our founder and Ray Bain. And it's the spirit of West Texas lies in the hearts of its people, which is the uh, whole point of this podcast is to yeah. talk to people about what makes them tick. Um, because it truly is an incredible place to live and work. Um, and people are different here. They you know? are. Well, you know, one of my biggest concerns, um, not concerns necessarily about coming here is we lived in the same house. We lived in the same town since we got married 29 years ago. We lived in the same house in the same town. We had just literally moved a couple of miles away um, for 22 years, and which is almost unheard of for a coaching family at any level. And I was, you formed so many relationships. I mean, it's that's 29 years of friendship plus, and we both were close to where we went to high school. And that was, I knew two families coming here. Reagan nannied her whole through time through college for the Lewises. And then I knew Debbie and Diane Nichols. They were the only people that I knew here. And in Pops Ainsley, who is just, she has been such a dear friend. And then from then, it just is, I made so many great friends that I I worried and I prayed for them. I, I worried that I would not find that, that friendship, those people again, that are, you know, that are your people, that have your back, that are loyal. And I sure have. I've made so many friends here. You know, it's easy. I feel like, Jared, don't you think, to be friends with Joey and Debbie? Yeah. Well, uh, I would think that, that scream, Spirit of West Texas, right there. Absolutely. So speaking of screaming, Joey, you have brought an out-of-this-world energy to Red Raider Nation. I have a clip here I want to share with our listeners. All right. Basketball game, right? Yes. Did you plan to do that? I was there. I did. I I got a funny story with that, too. Um, So, of course, you know, we had our whole family there, and uh, I was planning to do it. I planned to, you know, I really planned at the press conference to do it. I mean, I know the the, uh, pride. One of my best friends in the world is a diehard Red Raider, Judd Hardage, and and, uh, we spent, and we coached together, so I spent a lot of time talking about Texas Tech, and and that was the plan. But what's so funny about that is I come up uh, to the, we were in uh, the athletic suite. So I come up afterwards and Debbie's sitting there and uh, she goes, you're not that big of a deal. You know, this is the person <laughs> that like balances me, you know, and grounded. what was so funny is when I got up there, the crowd starts chanting Joey and my daughter turns to her and she goes, 
mom, be quiet for a second and listen to what they're saying. And they're chanting Joey. They and she, were. she And she goes, yeah, mom, he's that big of a deal. It was so funny. It really was. But that moment was, uh, you, again, that was another moment that you'll never forget um, just because of the, uh, the electricity that was in the air whenever we were doing that. I have been a Red Raider since 2000, officially since 2000, but a fan my entire life. And I can't tell you what that did for our fan base. Your vulnerability and enthusiasm just has endeared in Red Raider Nation to you both in that one single moment. So I'm curious, other than black coffee, how do you maintain that level of enthusiasm day to day? Because it seems like you just are. Yeah, mine, you know, there's a couple things that, that and I talk about it all the time. Like, number one, um, you know, if anybody ever took anything from me, I always tell everybody, you have a choice in the morning. You know, when your feet hit the ground, you have a choice to make it a great day or you can, you know, say, woe is me, you know, and, and I tell the team all the time, there's going to be bad moments, but you don't have to have bad days. You can, you know, change that. And so <clears throat> for me, whenever I hit the ground, my, my feet hit the ground, no matter what time it is, I'm, I'm going to make a choice to have a, some energy and and then the other thing, uh, I love my job. And uh, I actually, the, the uh, Shelby Saul uh, works for us. Uh, she's a senior. And, you know, of course, legendary Tracy Saul um, works for us. And I walked in this morning and she's sitting there and I said, Shelby, have I ever told you how much I love my job? And just to, again, she starts laughing. She goes, I know you do, coach. But the biggest thing for me and my energy is, I cannot wait to be around my players. Uh, we actually talked about this yesterday in our team meeting about uh, having the energy and the energy comes from each other. The energy comes from being around people that you care about and love. And I really can't like my my energy. Um, I'll have really good energy. But as soon as I get around a player like it, like kicks into overdrive just because I kind of feed off of that. I love seeing those guys and I want their best part of their day to be when they come into our building. So I want to make sure they know how much I appreciate them. And, and it's really the whole staff, you know, everybody's got different energy. We talk about it. Like you don't have to be like me, but you have to be energetic in your own way, whatever that is. I want our players to feel us and how much we appreciate them. And so that's where my energy comes from. I can't wait to be around the players. So we talk a lot about building a strong culture in the bank. In fact, Brenda and I probably talk about this very thing every day. So and really every successful business should, right? Big or small. I know that you, Debbie, this is really important to you and that y'all work incredibly hard to build a strong culture within your team. So tell us a little bit about how you do that. Tell us about your Thursday night dinners and some of the things that you're doing off the field to yep. build a team. Yep. So during the season, and I hope we bring it back again during off season um, or spring ball, we would have a different position over every Thursday. Joey would do his Rudy's coaches show and we would hurry back to our house and get set up and each different, every position would come over um, on Thursday. And it was so great. It was great for me. It was very important to me. We had several events in in Lubbock that I will be attending this year. But if they were on that Thursday, which several of them were, um, I didn't want to do it because, you know, I, it could be the D line or the O line. I wanted to make sure, cause we only do, could do them once. Um, 
but it's, it's important to us to get to know them. And that was one of the things with, with Joey. He, he wants us to be around. You know, I think it's, it started way back in high school where he wanted those kids to see what a mom looks like, what a, a wife looks like, you know, what family looks like. And I don't think it, it just hasn't changed. And we, but I love when the kids are over. I love it. Or the players, um, they're probably not kids, but I love when they're at the house. It just, we, in fact, we built on what they had it as an attic, but it was just a great, it was a great big room in the house that we built. And it was like, had the carpets, the walls were fine. I just need to put a little bit of trim around the bottom and it is the greatest little game room. They love it. There's not a bathroom up there because it was an attic. There's, you know, no closets, but it has, and they will, they will eat and run upstairs. They can't wait to get up there. And then I'll go up there and play shuffleboard or Except one group. one of them. Well, the D-line is there. They like me a lot. <laughs> Let me tell you. So this was funny. Like, there's two things that happen on Thursday nights, and it depends on the group. So I'll usually go on the back patio. We'll turn on either the NFL game or a college game, and half of them will come out there and sit with me, and we'll watch the game. And then the other half usually go upstairs, um, and they'll you know, play pool and hang out. And I kind of bounce back and forth and Debbie bounces back and forth. But when the D line came, I'm outside. Nobody's out there with me. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? He's eating out there by himself. (laughs) uh, Boog, uh, uh, Jalen comes out and he goes, coach, you're going to come in here with us. And I'm like, what do you mean? Aren't y'all coming out here? He goes, no, we're going to stay in here with coach, with uh, Miss Debbie. Debbie. (laughs) And so literally like the D line, that's Tony Bradford. You know, that's, that's uh, uh, Tyree Wilson actually came over because they had a, Thursday night, a little ritual that they were always eating together. So he got to come with the D-line because he was outside linebacker. But the D-line wanted to stay in there with her. And they, we had a TV on watching there, but they wanted to watch uh, with her. So they, they didn't go upstairs. They stayed in the, in the living room kitchen area all night to kind of hang out with her. Mama Debbie. Oh yeah. I I think I got to know that group really well. Well, if Tony Bradford's around, you're, you, you, he talks and includes you in everything. And so I think I just got to know that group. I expect everybody to want to stay and just in there with me this year. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the competitive spirit coming it out. Is. It I is. It's it. kind of like, it. it's like a roll call with me. Um, you know, when I see, when I'm going up to, and I am at, up at the offices a lot, when I go up there and I see somebody, especially if they're coming like from the equipment room to the training room in my head, I'm saying, well, that's. Tony, that's Caleb, that, you know, Tyree, that just wanted to get to know everybody. So it's kind of, it's, it's not kind of, it is very important to me that I know them. It sounds to me like you are equally, collaboratively, you're equally as passionate about building their character yep. um, as you are making them star athletes on the field. And I think that's incredible. Well, I mean, we, we just, we build relationships, I feel like, wherever we go. I mean, that's just kind of who we are. Joey... Are you going to tell them about you're going to officiate your second wedding? No, you can't. So if your day job quits, oh. <laughs> quits working for you, he's, I guess he's going to officiate weddings. He's, he officiated his first wedding in 2020 from a former player. And he's doing James Lockhart, who was, there's a history there. Joey can tell you that, but he's doing their wedding in July. And I'm not a pastor or anything like that but it was really cool that and it was his fiance Sam Tecklenburg speeches yeah Sam Tecklenburg um his fiance actually asked me um and Sam plays for the Carolina Panthers but he was um my very 
my very first year at Baylor was uh, played for me as a tight end and then grew into and he was a big tight end. So he played offensive line. So he plays offensive line in the league. And then James Lockhart, I was his position coach. I knew him in high school. Uh, he transferred to Baylor. Um, and then I was his position coach. And then um, he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He said, Coach, I'm ready to come back. They cut him, and he's like, I want to coach. And so I got him a GA job at Baylor. And then whenever I was hired at Tech, I brought him with me, and he works with our outside linebackers and Coach IU. And so I'm doing his wedding in July. That's it's really awesome. cool at the same place that Reagan's getting married. Reagan's getting married in May. I was going to ask yeah. you that. Yeah. Yes. Have so, you named a father-daughter dance song yet? Yeah, it's going to be uh, – well, it's um, – uh, Rascal Flats, and uh, what is the Rascal Flats? Um, That's the Broken Road. No, I have it on my phone. I have to look at it. Mm. Um, I, is it? Uh, I don't know. No, I have it. I'm gonna have to look real quick. Okay, look so, for us. I will. Well, you know, with Reagan being in New York, some things are just a secret. <laughs> she we does she doesn't divulge everything to us. But we are seriously in wedding mode. That's for sure. I bet. Well, we and we leave Wednesday for Cabo. Oh, fun for the That's bachelorette. So fun. That's yes. gonna be fun. Yes, Reagan wants her mom to come to her bachelorette party. I am fun. She's the laugh of the party. I believe you are fun. <laughs> My You're wish. Talking. Yes, my wish. Yeah, my wish. Yes, that's a great song. Yeah, she gave me three, and then she sends me other ones, and they're all three were awesome because humble and kind. Uh-huh. You know, that's a big deal. Uh, for, I mean, we talked about Garrett. I always remind Garrett that y- your sister's way more talented than you. Um, <laughs> and when I say that, I mean she's a fashion designer in New York. Taylor Swift is going to wear her dress uh, in her concert and content. Yes. Carrie Underwood is wore. She's had a dress on People Magazine, Seventeen Magazine. Michelle Obama has a picture in the White House that will be there for the for all time. It's in her dress or her design. Okay, so it sounds like we need to get Reagan on the podcast. Oh, you do. It's incredible. You do. But both of my kids do have that. uh, I really do. They have their mom's heart of this humble and kindness. And so that was a really good song. And then the other one um, is a Tim McGraw. I like that Tim McGraw, that beautiful girl or something. Which was good. It was. uh, But that, you know, the the, uh, other one's a little bit easier to dance to. Oh. So. Important. Yes, yep. it is important to look good while you're doing the father-daughter <laughs> no dance. No doubt. So I know um, our CEO, Mark, has been, he's become a pretty good friend of y'all's over the last year, and he's really sorry he couldn't be here today for this interview. So it is a well-known fact, and you may know this already, that Mark cannot watch the movie Rudy without <laughs> crying. He can't do it. If he were in here right now and we played the end for him, he would cry. Okay. So I have to ask, just for him, what is that movie for you, that sports movie that really like Go ahead and tell me. Go ahead and say it. McGuire, he can cry at a commercial. He... Literally, I, I mean, she is a hundred percent. She laughs at me all the time. I get it from my dad. My dad's the same way. Um, if I write him a card and as soon as he starts reading it, he's going to start crying, you know? Um, but you're not that bad. Though, I'm not as bad with yeah. that. Not yet. Um, but it, it like, I am very sentimental. Like I'm very, um, I, it's, this is going to sound crazy, but like the other day we had a, we had a, a linebacker, brand new linebacker, and he's getting ready to run in the big 12 championship came in fourth, should be in high school right now. And he's coming in fourth and I'm getting teared up just to, the emotions of him, his, his excitement, um, just the whole moment. And so I cried at Rudy. So I'm right there with Mark. <laughs> I know that's a bad one because I would, I would cry at Rudy yeah. too. So there, you know, I really do. 
Was it at the end of Outer Banks season three when Sarah and John B got back together? We're not telling you that. No, we're not. But Joey probably found a way to cry at that. No, <laughs> you cry no, at all that's not day? one. But I do. I, I, I uh, I'm very sentimental so and emotional. So speaking of inspiring movies, you, you know, you and do all you can to keep. That's kind of your job as a, a coach to keep Red Raider Nation inspired, keep your players inspired, keep your coaching staff inspired. I'm curious, what do you do so that you stay inspired, so that your cup doesn't run out? Um, I started doing this, um, uh, probably my first year at Baylor, I'd be in the, in, in the car recruiting. So, you know, I'm driving wherever, and then, um, you know, you go to different places, position recruiting. And so you're, you're driving a whole lot. Um, and I was like, listening to music or listening to something. And I was like, man, this, I, I can do better with my time. And so I would buy a book. So I could have the hard copy to make notes. And then I always rent the audio. And so um, for me, like uh, we're doing a book study as a team called The Hard Hat. That's my favorite book. So I re-listened to it uh, the other day whenever I was working out. But right now I'm listening to, and this was given to me for a Christmas present by Brandon Lee, the one that drinks all the uh, Fufu Coffee is... Pumpkin uh, Spice. Yeah. He <laughs> loves Pumpkin Spice. In fact, that's his nickname. Endure uh, Cameron Haynes is the one I'm listening to right now. And so that's really like, you know, there's so many good books out there. Um, I probably have 30-something on my my phone. Um, and so I, whenever I get on the treadmill or I go on a walk or anything like that, I'm usually listening to that. Trying to find different ways to motivate in different, you know, in different ways. Um, and then... When you love what you do, it's it's easy to stay motivated, and I really do. Debbie, I want to ask you the same thing. As CEO of your house, what keeps partner, you motivated? Yeah, how do you stay inspired? Probably Joey. It's it really is for me. It's it's heartwarming that he does what he loves and. Uh, her, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say answer yours. Hers, okay, like she is the greatest mom of all time. Like. <laughs> um, she talks to Reagan every day about the wedding. She's ready for the wedding to be over, and then they're going to talk every day about something else. You know, I don't um, know that she she'll flew, find out. She flew to uh, Lincoln to put Garrett's apartment together. You know, um, and took her parents with her to to do everything. So, like, she really is. Like, I think what what uh, inspires her is like her two kiddos and and uh, being a part of their lives especially because they're, you know, one's in New York and one's in Lincoln. And so she's, uh, well, what keeps me motivated is to be busy being busy. That is a true <laughs> statement. <laughs> but I like his answer better. Yeah. Yeah. I have to ask, um, I you know, I, I, for all the parents that are out there of young athletes, including myself listening to this episode, you know, there's so much pressure on our kids these days. And you know this cause you, you have kids that are not, you know, that old. Um, what do you, what advice do you have for parents like myself and like Brenda and Cameron and Jared, um, with kids that are playing youth sports right now? For me, I always tell everybody, and, and I've answered this a lot whenever it comes to recruiting is, as let them do a lot of things. Like, you know, for us, we're looking for guys that play multiple, uh, sports. We're not looking for somebody that just plays one thing, but let them like I always tell parents, uh, because we're lucky. We've been extremely lucky and extremely blessed that our kids are, are, we've got two really good kids, but 
we never forced them to do anything that we wanted them to find their own way. So whenever they were interested in, interested in stuff, we just kind of fostered that until they found out who they were. And then once they found out who they were, then we really fostered, Hey, let's get behind this. If this is what they want to do. You know, the tough thing nowadays is, you know, whenever I was growing up, uh, and probably for the most people in this room, when we were growing up, um, the reporters reported on what we did and whatever we were doing. Um, what's really tough right now is these uh, young people have become their own reporters. And sometimes it's really not, it's not the truth. It's like what they see themselves as and how they value themselves is through likes and retweets and all of that. And it's really tough because when they are not successful after they put that story out and they feel like they have to put that story out, there's going to be failure. Well, when you've put that out there, there's also going to be these bad human beings that are going to come in behind and they're going to crush you or you're not going to get recruited. And if that is your value and that's where you see, that is really a struggle right now with our youth. And so I tell young ladies, I've spoke to different school groups and, and uh, high school and and middle school. And I tell the young ladies, man, that, that is not, that is not value. Like do not get in your social media and think that the likes and retweets or any kind of bad comments, um, are who you are. Like don't get tied up in that. And that's, that's where the pressure comes from. But we also are creating our own pressure because we, uh, live on social media so much and we kind of put who we are out there on social media. And it's, it's, it's tough right now. So I think as parents, it's really important for us to get our kids and and the people we're involved with to get them to understand that's not who we are. You know, don't, you know, one thing we have to do in our world is we have to de-recruit guys that we sign because you go from a recruitable guy that everybody loves. And right now, if I retweet something on a kid that we're recruiting, Red Raider Nation, and I want you to, I want you to blow it up. But then when you get here, now you're a Red Raider. And so you got to focus on the Red Raiders. You can't focus on all the other likes and retweets of all the other universities and everything. And, and, you know, and so that's one thing that we have to do is kind of de-recruit them and, and get them to understand like, Hey, now it's time to go to work. Um, but man, it, it's a tough, that's one of the toughest things I think that, uh, our young people are facing today. Like when people say this generation, like this generation has more, information. This is a whole nother podcast that I could go on about this has more information that we have ever had at the touch of like one button, Google everything. Right. Um, and this generation has like so much social media and everything. Um, that's where I think as parents, we have to do a great job of getting them to understand who they are. And it's not through likes, retweets and all that stuff. And that's really tough right now. So, my son, Brady, is 14. Mm-hmm. Um, he is an eighth grade at Lubbock Cooper Middle School, and he has worn the number three on his baseball jersey since he was four years old. That's been his number. So what are the characteristics that he needs to embody that number every day at, at school, at home, on the field? What would you say to him? Well, you know, we all have a brand, um, you know, and you're creating this brand every day. And it's, so if you identify 
that is part of your brand, then, you know, who are you? Are you the hardest worker on there? Are you, I mean, are you tough? You know, it's kind of like our brand is the toughest, hardest working, most competitive team in the country. Um, if Matt Rule was in this room right now and he turned to Debbie, this is one of his favorite things about Debbie. He'll say, what's the brand? And she could rattle it off just like that um, because she, you know, bought into that. But I, I think you have to like identify, you know, this is who I am, but this is who I am whenever good things happen. When bad things happen, um, whenever I'm successful, whenever I'm not, I just continue to build that brand. And so what does that number three represent? And that's who you got to try to be wherever you're doing. My favorite thing, Debbie, the other day when you and I talked, you were here in the bank and you were wearing jeans, sweater, and, and <laughs> you were like, hey, I've got to, you know, I've got to get going. I have to be at this event later today. Um, and I've got to get home and get my red and black on because she goes, I don't expect anything from my coach's wives. I don't, they can do what they want. You know, I don't expect really anything other than when you are representing Texas tech, you are wearing red and black. And I thought, Oh my gosh, she gets it. She gets the brand. Um, and I just love that about you. And I want to ask you, so I heard this quote this morning on my way to work when I was listening to a podcast and it was be present in the present. So years down the road, when you look back at all of this, this, this time in your life, what is going to stand out to you the most? Winning the big 12 next year. Heck yeah. Let's, let's go. go. I'm sorry. Go <laughs> ahead. I'm going to just go to you every time for yeah. the answer. Cause that's a good one. <laughs> um, I just think the excitement of it all, this has been a whirlwind year. Um, now I feel like we can, we're more ourselves. Um, they kept us really, really busy last year, but we realized coming into, you know, 2023, we like being busy. We like, you know, all the dinners that we get to go to and meet new people. And I mean, we're making friends that way. It's, it's not just Joey goes in and, and speaks you know, for 15 minutes and then he leaves. I mean, we like to hang around and get to know people. I show up a lot of that stuff that I'm probably not supposed to, but, um, or not, not supposed to, but just don't have to. Yeah. Um, I just, I think that it's just been, it's been great. It goes back to that being thankful and grateful and all that. Well, on behalf of First United Bank and all of Red Raider Nation, I want to tell you how proud I am and how proud we all are to have the McGuire family and your team of coaches and their families here in West Texas with us. Um, I know you're so busy and I cannot thank you enough for spending some time with us today. Thank you all so much. enjoyed it so much. It was fun. Okay. Can I get one? Let's go. You bet. Let's hear it. You ready? Yes. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to do a Raider power. I mean, we can. I'm always up for that. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you thank so much. This here. is awesome. Amy, that was a real treat. That I mean, was a treat. Golly, yeah. that was incredible. I mean, what a way to kick off season three of the Spirit of West Texas podcast. I don't know how we top that. I don't We've really got some either. good guests coming up. But that's true. That's... But you know, I think what's so incredible about Joey and Debbie is that they are not from West Texas, mm. but I can't think of any couple better to represent West Texas and Lubbock specifically on a national stage yeah. than this couple, than yeah. Joey and Debbie. They're unbelievable. They are. And they have something between them that they feed off of each other and they are inspired by each other mm -hmm. and are just drawn into the way they look at each other. Even they're very connected. Right. And if they aren't from West Texas, they 
found their way here yeah. and it is ingrained in them now. Yes, and I loved when he said, I mean, you talked about how they, you know, fed off of each other and they had a great energy. And he even says that he gets, I loved when he said that, that he gets energy from the people that he's mm-hmm. around, whether that be his family and certainly his wife um, or his players. But I mean, you could just tell um, when he was looking at her, when she was talking, that he's so proud of her yeah, yeah. and he so values what she brings to the table in terms of their partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is so refreshing. I wish our listeners could have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a, there's a, a pulse in the room that you don't get from listening through headphones or in your car that the, the two of them had that was just admirable for sure. Well, it certainly makes me excited about our upcoming football season. Absolutely. Yes. Go Tech. Um, go Tech. So listeners, we do have an autographed football from Coach McGuire that we're going to be giving away to one lucky listener. Um, I'm you a can listener. find You are, but you can't win. <gasps> um, you can find more information about how to win the football online at spiritofwesttexaspodcast.com. Thank you all so much all right. for listening in. Thanks for listening. Until next time.